0: And we're and off and we're running. Fucked. Oh, and we're what? fucked. You were going to say we're, oh, we're fucked? Okay. Why? I don't know. It just seems like we are. There's opening things on my... Yeah, I just threw it away tonight. I didn't... Look at that. Mm. Yeah, with ice. That's good Diet Coke. With flowing. ice. That's the way it should be. The way God wanted it yeah. to be. He
1: didn't want Adam and Steve. He wanted Diet Coke and ice. Well...
0: Yeah, actually. <laughs> I went when I went to the the This is the comedy couch, by the way, with Dennis Hensley and Tony Triple It sure is. Uh, and one of us is grumpy. Guess which one? I went to the seven eleven. Yes. Uh earlier today to get my first big gulp. This is my second. I went back and refilled it. Do you know that if you use the same cup, it's only seventy nine cents to refill? Wow. Yeah. Uh just a tip. There's something cents cup. on that. Yeah. You can use any cup right. from an AM, PM oh, a AMPM wow. or whatever. Just if you walk in you have to show them though. Yeah, because they they're like, did you get that here? And I'm like, yeah, I got an AM PM cup here. Fucking yeah. asshole. Right. Anyway, so I go and I got because um, I'm really obsessed with diet pepper, diet Dr Pepper.
1: Right.
0: In this current mm-hmm. moment, sure. And we go through phases. I was wearing. Um, I had just come from hiking Canyon, and I was wearing red shorts and a black sleeveless T-shirt. Well, it didn't have it had sleeves, but of course I cut them off. because yeah. you, know, you know how we do. It didn't anymore. It and doesn't anymore. it's in uh, white letters it says WW and then in red letters it says J H and an eight. So it's what would Jesus hate instead yeah. of what would Jesus do? Yeah. And it's one of the t-shirts that I like to wear. It's my little political statement because you know, I hate the fucking Christians. And so, um, except for the Christians that listen to the comedy couch with
1: Dennis Leslie and Tony Tripoli, but
0: you're not my favorite couch <laughs> potatoes. Um, <laughs> and so I, uh, the guy behind the counter, the Indian fellow, was like, what does that shirt mean? And I go, well, you know, WWJD, this is like, what would, who would Jesus hate? And he goes, oh, like the gays. And I go, yeah, but I think he was gay. He goes, is that an activism t-shirt? And I go, yeah, it's just, you know, reminding you know, people that it really comes down to the Christian conservatives that rally against gay marriage equality. Excuse me, um, and you know they need to go back and fucking read their Bibles because really Jesus didn't have a problem with us, and I think Jesus was more about forgiveness and acceptance than he was about you know treating people like they're not equal. And he was like, I totally agree. Oh, isn't well, that's that nice? Awesome. I know. I love it. So that's a was little cute? happy story. Uh, yeah, All sure. Right. I
1: love that. All right, so go Good. ahead. I've always I think Indian men are beautiful, and I always had a fantasy of dating one. Which we've discussed because on this podcast. Because you want to be a non-queen. I do want to be a non-queen. Sometimes. Not a non-bread
0: queen. No. A non That's redundant. Yeah. Um,
1: so I have a crush on a billboard. Have you seen the Bank of America billboards? They're kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And there's, the guy that I have a crush on is kind of right up your alley. Yeah. And they're, they're talking about text messaging or whatever. And one guy is talking about how he can check his, uh, do his banking on his phone when he's at the food truck. Yeah, and do you know which one he is? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yummy. If he's anyone a knows Latino. Him, he's like Latino, but maybe a little Asian no. in there. It's pure Latino. Yeah, I. You know what?
0: I'll ask him after we do it. That's some South. That's the that <laughs> South American. Yes, there's something going on there. Got that little slanted eye, but it's not the Ching Chong. It's just the full on. <laughs> and bean. if anyone knows. I can tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I I consider it my life's work. I you know what? My Sexiest billboard. When you ever. know better, you do better. I guess so. There so, you go. And I mean so, that anally. If any,
1: <laughs> if anyone um, knows who that is, or you know whatever, that's my. if <laughs> wow, you you're in really, LA, well, you put cute. it on your
0: Facebook page. Yeah. You should get a screen grab of it and be you like, say, Does anyone know this guy?
1: Yeah, he's yummy. What's his story? Yeah, I, I f- want to make him a superstar. I think he's. Liam is heck
0: i think that's another i think the book should should be using facebook mm-hmm. to get things in your life done doing the trip and only going to places that facebook people right. recommend and then literally having a crush on a guy on the billboard which all americans have done sure male or female straight and gay posting it on your facebook and saying does anyone know this guy yeah and seeing if you actually can know him and maybe and say, meet and maybe have be his friends. Yeah, and maybe it's platonic, but like I'm writing this book and I want to see what Facebook yeah. can make possible. Right. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know people have found, you know, adoptive yeah. parents and things like that. Sure. But let's get it to good stuff. Yeah. Usable stuff. Right stuff for your hole tracking down <laughs> Either good of our foot holes, to put in the front hole or or good boyfriends to put in the back hole speaking of holes
1: we were both given free douches last night uh oh. fleet enemas and fleet I, naturals i left them behind you yeah. see we went and saw the varla jean Merman show at casita del campo called the loose chanteuses god damn it's good and i am a fan of varla's and have seen a number of her shows but this was my favorite uh favorite one i just thought everything worked every idea was brilliant and the execution and the inspiration and she was amazing and uh um, well i love
0: i loved it a relaxed performer who isn't like begging to be loved but it's yeah, just doing very unflappable thing and trusting that you will come to her yeah which is great she's really a pro i was yeah. super super impressed and Vocally, it was really lovely and funny as hell. Yeah, she and, did
1: this number called uh, The Fleet Is In, and, and it started to be about fleet enemas. And which then is it, a real song, you know. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that's a
0: real song, The Fleet Is In. It's a some movie. They changed
1: the lyrics, obviously. It's called The Fleet Is yeah, In. Yeah, but the melody, it exists.
0: Right? Yes, it, it's not about douche. And it was
1: all very douche. funny, and we were rolling with it, and ha, 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 and, and then poop, at the end. poop humor. I mean, yeah. it's
0: about shitting, getting shit on his dick. And right. I mean, like, really.
1: That, that picks up weird. When you go top of the oh, you tappy. could hear that. Yeah, sorry, oh, that's why I wear the to headphones. The that's why I wear the cans. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, at the end of the song, she goes, "I think I'm going to do an Oprah moment or yeah. whatever," and then she goes, "You get an enema and you get an enema," and then they came out like they do on of my favorite things with this card the full of, emas, of enemas of enemas. Yeah. She actually got a sponsorship from Fleet Natural Enemas, and wherever she performs, a palette of enemas show up.
0: But the amazing thing is is she read an article in – I can't remember if it was the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, probably the New York Times, saying that Fleet has developed this new animal called Fleet Naturals, which is safe for daily use and chemical-free, and they're really marketing it to the gay male market. And she read this article, and she called their fucking headquarters and said, I perform for the gay market, and I would like to do this bit. Yeah. Where I give them out. Would you be up for that? Yeah. And they were like, I don't know if they're paying her a little on top of it or what, yeah. but they send a fucking, a UPS truck with a pallet.
1: It's so neat when it happens. Of butt enemas. You can't believe it. To
0: every city. But the most hilarious part of all is her, she's currently playing in a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. So you go to have Mexican food and you see the UPS guy delivering a pallet full of enemas. Yeah. Which is sort of like the whole point of Mexican food is it's supposed to move some merchandise. Yeah. So, so it doesn't
1: add up, but yet it's yeah. glorious when it does. Um, great show. Great show. Yeah. And my friend Tom Judson played the piano for her and they were cute together. Sleeveless. 50 and Sleeveless. Which I think... Reading glasses and Sleeveless. Which I, think I think that think could be the, it name,
0: the name of his show this summer. He right. doesn't know what it's called or what it's going to... No, I think Fifty a and Sleeveless is hilarious.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, 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 we, we had dinner the other night um, and... Uh, I said, you know, you look great. I said, where are you working out while you're here? And he goes, oh, the people I'm staying with have a little something. And I said, well, you you look great. And he goes, oh, thank you. But when does it stop? You could tell he was just like.
0: Well, I mean, that shirt he was wearing did have sleeves before he removed them. Right, that. right, I mean, right. But you know
1: what? He's doing his show. You yeah, know yeah. What I mean, he, he still feels the need to sort of. Sure. Yeah, you know, especially if he's performing. But it's kind of like, I like the honesty of like, yep, still, yeah. you know. But um, he's a great musician and was so charming. With, what a nice um, guy. Yeah, very, very nice.
0: Love him. Well, people don't want to hear us give compliments to no, us. No, so they want to hear, hear us, hear us talk shit. <laughs> shit. But
1: if Barla comes to your town with the Loose Chanteuse, by all means, go see it. And my other favorite moment was... She does this song where she talks about her writer for the show and the things that she needs. Yes. And it sort of builds and builds to what she needs. And she just needs one thing. And Beyonce has it and Mariah has it. And she, I need a hair fan. I'm holding out for a hair fan. So she brings out this, like, little rinky-dink hair fan that... From, From like, CVS. Yeah, that that the idea is that the venue provided, and it just ain't cutting it, so she's really pissed off. So she leaves the stage and comes back on with what looks like a Mexican gardener with a leaf blower, and he just starts blowing in her face. And at first it's to the side, and the hair is going, and it's everything she dreamed of. And then he moves it over to her mouth, and the sight gag of this had everybody. I thought I was, my head was going to explode. It's it was like one of the hardest I've laughed
0: in a theater in years.
1: Because the mouth is the air is blowing so hard into her mouth, she cannot sing. It is so gross looking.
0: Well, it's that thing of when you're on a roller coaster and your face gets <laughs> yes. all contorted. So it's rippling in the skin on the side of her face, and oh then gosh. the air fills her mouth, and it's like as if she has a plate glass. Yeah. On like it she and got... she's blowing. Oh my God. And you see all of her gums and teeth she's and her eyes to, are fluttering. She's trying to sing. It's, fu- so, it's so goddamn funny. Uh, it is so amazing. And yeah. it really looks painful. Yeah. And it's, God, it's hilarious. Yeah. it's so cool. So I need a hair fan. It's just incredible. And that ends up the whole dress and wig, everything gets blown up. It's yeah. really, really a great number. Yeah. I think I, I, I think I cr- we've just ruined. No, we
1: have ruined the surprise, great. but fuck it. Uh, B of A Crush. Cross that off. I might need a nickname for him, but I'll think about it. Okay. Banky?
0: Ta- well, it's something about the taco truck.
1: Yeah. It says food truck. We're assuming it's a taco truck oh, because it's Latino. Right. Um, food but truck. Food truck. Truck fuck. The truck fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It rhymes. Yeah. It's good. I like it when things rhyme. Um, so we just watched... The uh, the Fashion Police episode from this it's week.
0: It's really good this week. It's really, really good.
1: And I want to give a shout out to my friend Tom Storr, who lives in New York City, because um, he had come out here and went to a couple of tapings and met a, and went to the Christmas party with me, so he met like a number of the people yeah, we work with, he's and he's the best. And in New Year's, I stayed at his place in New York, and afterwards we went bowling, and then we went to a diner. Me and Tom and Norma, a couch potato, and Shane, a catch potato, and... Tom had this idea of this word that he thought he wanted to make happen, yeah. which is fashion. Yeah. And I think that somebody who tries to be fashionable and just looks like an asshole. And I think yeah. we all know what it is when you hear it, you know exactly what it is. Right. And I was like, a light bulb went off and I think he knew that it could be something for fashion police. And I'm like, I'm going to try to make Fash yeah. Hole
0: happen in 2011. I'm going to try it. Yeah, me and Sharon Stone yeah. are really going to make Fash Hole. We're going to make Fash Hole happen. We're going to make 2011 the year of yeah. Fash Hole. It was like in that that movie,
1: Mean Girls, where forget Fetch. Fetch is not going to happen. No matter how hard you try to make Fetch happen, it's not going to happen. But right. I was going to try to make Fash Hole happen. So last week, I, I put it in the script, like in a throwaway thing, like yeah. coming up our Fash Holes of the Week, and our boss Lisa liked it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, if Joan likes it, we'll see. And Joan loves it. She's just reading through the script cold. Oh, no, no, no. no Fash hole. Oh, I love that. Who wrote that? Who wrote that? I love it. She stopped in her tracks. Yeah. She loved it. So now it's kind of in. And now it's been and in Tom, two weeks if in, you're in a row. Uh, Dennis and I have taken the credit. Yes, totally. So fuck you.
1: Uh, taking the credit, and that's um, not true. We did. We say think it it's ju- sort of happening. I think it's kind of. It's been in yeah. two episodes,
0: and it's what Juliana we. Juliana said it this week yeah. also. She loves it. It's, yeah, it's a real thing.
1: Yeah, it's a real thing, and that just goes to show you that dreams can not come true in two thousand. If you're a couch potato, yeah, that's true. If you listen and you put it out there, yeah. so um, there's that. But I else you got.
0: got a pedicure today next to a woman with one leg. Okay. Did you no, I please. I did wish. she get a discount? Um, I wanted to ask. Right, and I didn't. Or did
1: she just get an extra special care on the one foot?
0: They really just spent a long time extra massage. Um, she came. Now, did in... you go to
1: Ruth's, the skincare place, or a different place?
0: Oh yeah, no, this is just one of those a little you know place. Yeah. Um, and so I'm in there, and I was getting a manicure and a pedicure. So I'm sitting in the chair, and it's like blah, 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 blah massaging. And one girl's doing my hands and the other girl is, is doing my feet. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's just so great. And then this woman comes in on crutches with full on one leg. And it's at the hip. Okay. Yeah. In this little sundress with a little sandal on. And she goes, I need a leg wax and a pedicure. And I know you, I need a leg wax. I know you call it a leg wax. Yeah. But when the person only has one leg and they say, I need a leg wax, that's really funny. Yeah. Like it was this moment where me and all the Vietnamese girls kind of looked at each other like, okay, we all think that. Yeah. Like we're gonna later. We're gonna all talk about this later right. when she when she leaves. And so then um but she was went in the little room to get her leg waxed and then she was going to come and have her foot done. So the woman goes, um okay, we do leg first, then we do your feet. And then it was like this uncomfortable moment that she had said feet. Uh-oh. Like she said leg singular but feet plural. Yeah. And um and the woman didn't say anything like, oh no, it's only one foot, like whatever. She just said, "Okay, good." And um then after she had her leg wax, she came and the, the girls were saying, you know, asking me what I did for a living. And I said, I work for Joan Rivers. And they were like, oh, her face. She has so much plastic surgery. Her face crazy. And I was like, well, you know, it's amazing. that Like, that's – I just told you that's my boss. And then you say something bad about her. To, like, what am right. I – how am I supposed to respond to that? Like, yes, she's had a lot of plastic surgery. But it's the kind of thing that I would say, basically. Yeah, I was like <laughs> –
1: she was on the other foot.
0: <laughs> and so, <laughs> well, it wasn't, you know, she only had one foot. So the shoe was staying exactly where the shoe it was. She was on the foot. But, but the other side of the foot or something. Yeah. Anyway, and so, so Leg Wax comes out and she goes, Did I hear you saying that you work for Joan Rivers? And um, I go, Yes. And she goes, Oh, I have a Joan Rivers story. I'm born and raised in California, so I don't care when I say celebrities. And right. I just love that everyone feels the need to say that all the time. Yeah, that they're unimpressed by it's celebrities. Just like
1: they don't, when I say, "Oh, I don't watch TV," yeah,
0: and so she's totally unimpressed by celebrities. However, she's got a story. She was in London last summer, and she walked into a restaurant, and Joan was there, and she had seen. Right after she had her leg amputated, she the first her first outing was to go and see Joan's one woman show at the Geffen. Oh yeah, and. So it's a couple years later, and she's in London, and there's Joan. And so she goes over to the table and says, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want you to know I am a cancer survivor, and I lost my leg, and I was incredibly depressed going through that. And the, my first outing was to go to your show, and it was the first time I laughed in what seemed like a year. And I laughed so hard that night, and I'm so grateful for that. And she said that Joan took her hand and said, you are you know, you're so brave and that means so much to me that you would say that and I appreciate it. And sent a round of drinks over to her table for her and her girlfriends that she was with. And on the way out, Joan came over and go, Joan came over to her table and said, I just want you to know how brave I think you are. And my husband, my husband was an amputee and never spoke of it or made a big deal of it. But I know I've witnessed the kind of bravery it takes and I really admire that in you, and you're going to be just fine. You're going to Was gonna be her fine. husband – was Edgar an so amputee? I don't know if Edgar was – or it was her first husband. Oh, so um, I didn't know. She was married before. Yeah, she was married before Edgar. Yeah. So I don't, it was fascinating, but it was just another um, great Joan Rivers Did story of her Did you tell Joan Herbie. that you ran – Oh, no, this just happened, happened today. today. Yeah. So I will say, hey, Joan, do you happen to remember a one-legged woman – Yeah. In London this summer. Like, I think she might remember it.
1: Yeah. So, um. Now, did you see that show with the Gethin? um, I I did not. I saw it. I loved it. I hope they do it again sometime. Yeah. The documentary left it up in the air. Well, they didn't seem like they were going to do it, but in the Q&A at Sundance, she seemed like she might do it. So.
0: The reality is, there's just not a lot of money in Broadway. Yeah. And now that she's hot enough to get the show on Broadway. Mm Mm-hmm she wouldn't be able to do any tv stuff yeah she it, couldn't do both she'd be taking a big financial hit so now yeah. it's kind of like i could get the show done yeah but now i don't want to do it I, it's yeah. not you know so it's that's true. really the reality of it but she really wants to do the show she yeah, loves the show
1: yeah i love the show um and you had another star sighting with at the dmv
0: well yeah this i thought i had talked about this no i don't think
1: it ever made it to the podcast cuz um, when you were telling it at work i didn't i hadn't heard it
0: the the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I went to get my driver's license renewed because it was expiring on my birthday, which is December second. And it was the one where you have to go in like every ten years or whatever, and they have to take a new picture. Right. Oh, so the last st- time I
1: did that, I I remember trying with my hair. I really thought I'm going to nail this picture, and it's wow. the fucking worst.
0: Yeah, I don't ever give that any thought. I just thought it's I'm going to. I It's a you should picture. Care about because I,
1: I, it's going to linger for a long time. The point but... is, I tried,
0: and it looks like I didn't. Um. Well, so I go down there and I go to renew my license and, you know, you have an appointment, but you still wait like an hour. And I get up to the woman and she's the eye rolling speak iPhone speakers in her ear, but not at all paying attention to you. African-American lady from every TV show and or commercial like she's that lady. Right. And she's like paperwork. And I give it to her, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? And she's like, mmm. And she's like, you have a hold. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you have a P3 hold from Nevada. Like P, like some code name. Like I'm supposed to know what a P3 hold is or an yeah. N27, you know. Anyway, it turns out the state of Nevada in 1992 put on my record a ticket that was turned out not to be me at all. It was someone with a similar driver's license number. Somehow it got on my record. Right. They then, when they were issuing a warrant for my arrest, somewhere along as they were doing all of these, because I was not paying it, obviously, I never got anything in the mail, I didn't know, then they realized, oh, this is the wrong person. We put this on the wrong account. They removed it, but there was an $80 processing fee to have it removed that was still on my record. So even though it shouldn't have ever been there in the first place- yeah. I have to pay them $80 to take it off my record. Yeah. All of this had happened a decade ago and I didn't, I knew nothing. Wow. So, and I've renewed my license cause it's only good for like four years. Right? So yeah. I've renewed it a few times since then without issue. Now suddenly there's a hold from 1992. So it's $80 I have to pay. And I'm like, well, that's not really fair, but it, at this point, I just fine, I'm going to pay it. So I call the number that she gives me from the lobby. And get this woman in the office in Nevada, and she's like, Yeah, you're just gonna have to pay it. And I go, Fine, here's my credit card. We don't take a credit card or the phone. We can only do a credit card live at our office, and I'm obviously not gonna go to Nevada or by fax. So I go, Hold on. And I go back to the lady who's with another client. And I say, Excuse me, I need your fax number. She needs, and the woman goes, Well, you can't use our fax. I go, No, she needs to fax you something. And she goes, Oh. And so she gives me their fax number. So, I say to the woman, okay, here's the fax number where I'm at. Fax me the form for the credit card and all that. So technically they're not supposed to do that. But because the fax came from Nevada first and they were very busy in the office. Okay. So while I'm waiting for, I've now filled out the form and he faxed it back to Nevada. I'm waiting for them to process my credit card, take the hold off so I can get my picture and get out of there. Yeah. I'm at an empty like teller booth. Because with the state – with the furloughs and the state budget and the stuff, half of the little windows aren't – there's no one working there because they're they're mandatory days off and stuff. Wow. All right. So I'm at this empty window that has a desk and a computer and stuff but nobody working there. And suddenly Gerard Butler comes and plops down in the chair. He's on the other side of the – on the employee side of the counter and goes, all right, mate, what can I do to help you? And it's like this comically over-the-top – brogue that he has yeah. like it's like seriously like a cartoon character and he looks kind of like shit like he's clearly been up all night it's like a 10 30 in the morning yeah and he's i'm for sure not been to bed yet there is just a cloud of booze and cigarettes yeah like pig pen in the cartoons wow. like that just hits you in the face and yet he's got these amazing blue eyes and there's something roguishly handsome like i get it yeah and I laugh and I go, oh, and there's a young woman with him who's clearly like this from the studio that's like a handler yeah. that's gonna go and walk him through, you know. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I gotta get my license for some, I gotta drive a, you know, a stunt in the movie. Like, I guess he has to drive a vehicle and he's not licensed in the city, whatever. Right. So, of course, they're just gonna rush him through. So he's waiting for shit to happen and he goes, so what's your name, mate? Let me look you up. And he goes clickety clickety click on the keyboard, like in the joke way. Mm-hmm. And the computer's not even on. And he's, like, doing, like, this character thing now. And I go, oh, that's hilarious. Um, And he goes, seriously, what's the problem? And I go, well, okay. The state of Nevada put a hold on my thing. I just faxed them the paperwork. I'm waiting for them to process it, and then I'll be out of here. And he's like, oh, Nevada, I can make a call for you, buddy. And I was like, "Uh, something tells me that you've been in plenty of trouble in Las Vegas and that there's no way you could actually help me. And he's yeah. like, ah, you're a smart one. And he's laughing and we're like drinking buddies at this point. Yeah. So then this Asian guy comes over who's the typical nerdy glasses, Asian it guy with like the dress shirt, but it's a short sleeve dress shirt and like the tie that might be a clip on tie. Like and he that, works there or he doesn't yes. work there. Okay. He comes over and, and is like, hi, George Butler. Oh, oh, oh! It's so cool that you're here. And he's like, kind of geeking out. And Gerard Butler's like, oh yeah, it's nice to meet you. You know, thanks for helping me out today, you guys. And then the Asian guy pokes Gerard Butler in the stomach. Now Gerard Butler is not in the shape he was in in three hundred. He now has a bit of a soft tummy. Sure. And the Asian guy goes, oh, What happened here? Where's your six pack? Huh? Oh, where'd it go? <laughs> jesus like and i'm just stunned like that's so dickish and rude and weird and so i guess this podcast could be called asians say the darndest things now that i think about it between the girl the nail girls and Joan rivers and now this asian guy um so uh gerard goes well you know i've been eating a lot since 300 like he like laughed it off yeah you don't care So then the girl comes and goes, Mr. Butler, we're ready. And he's like, all right, but I ain't leaving until you help my friend here. And he points to me. That's so cool. You know, and I was like, I told you before, I don't want your help. And he laughed and it was very, very nice. So it's a very charming, lovely celebrity story. He couldn't have been nicer or less How long was
1: that interaction?
0: Oh, it was about 10 minutes that we were just like hanging out. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very nice. I didn't ask him about... Anything. I didn't ask him about the movie. Did he fuck Hillary Swain? No, I didn't. It was kind of nice. He seemed to enjoy just sitting there and leading the the conversation. And so I just responded, but I didn't really ever say, well, since I got you here.
1: Yeah, I love it. Now, um, I saw that movie True Grit, and it's a big hit, and I didn't like it. I don't get it.
0: I find the commercials to be a snooze. I kept looking at my watch. I I like her braids.
1: Yeah, I wasn't into it. And I like the Coen brothers, so that's a mystery. I don't quite get it. Um, I didn't love it.
0: I'm glad that they're having a hit. Yeah. You know, because that's a good thing when there's filmmakers that you like. But yeah, yeah, yawn. I think Social Network, I think, is my favorite movie of the year. I still haven't seen a few. I haven't seen 127 Hours, Mm -hmm. which I think is going to rock me.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah you'll like it, but I don't think it'll. I think you'll like the. I'll think you'll um, like Social Network better. I
0: didn't like Blue Valentine as much as I expected to. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it was kind of ultimately meh. Like yeah. I saw they're great. I'm impressed by them. It didn't leave me lingering with yeah. it. Yeah, but I was dazzled by the Social Network, the language of it, and the pace and.
1: What it's a boring one the, story it
0: is And how I was on the edge of my seat Well and it's one of those movies One of the rare Oscar movies
1: That you want to watch again Or like if it's on an airplane You're like I'll watch it And just yeah. enjoy this scene Or these lines And it but, has that Aaron Sorkin thing Where a lot of Everyone sort of talks Kind of the same Like even Larry Summers Was snarky Like everyone has that Sort why of thing. Was,
0: Why was And I didn't like That Aaron Sorkin was in it
1: Yeah I didn't like and him And he was snarky Like a lot of they, But it's fine When the dialogue's that good They can yeah. all be the same I love Andrew Garfield in it. I like when he uh-huh. that scene in the Facebook office. And yeah, I was reading about the uh, Mark Zuckerberg in the Time Magazine because he was Man of the Year, and yeah. it's a really great profile. They spend a lot of time with it, and he he bought tickets for everyone at Facebook to go to the movie opening night and made a night of it. That's neat. And you know he doesn't think it's really accurate or whatever. But the thing that bugged him is that the film. Um, suggests that the reason he did all of this was to get this girl or whatever or to be involved or to be cool or whatever and he thought well like doing something really cool isn't reason enough to do something like there has to be some kind of juvenile insecurity reason driving it you can't just be like i want to do something really cool like start facebook i mean it makes it the story more interesting but i think that was what that was one of the things that he was like isn't it cool enough to just want to do it, to do yeah. it and make it successful and make it cool and maybe make some money or, you know, but what he I also... Certainly
0: he admits that he never thought it would be the phenomenon of Oh, like for came. sure. Okay. For sure, He but... thought it would be just like a college student yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, Okay, good. He just thought the movie got the motivations wrong of why he wanted That's to do it. That's um, interesting. But here's something interesting. The reason Facebook's color scheme is blue and white is that he's colorblind with red and green. So blues okay. are one of the only colors he can... See, isn't that a fun fact? Yeah, that
0: is interesting. Yeah,
1: I like that. But um, I did like the I movie a lot. I thought
0: Timberlake was terrible in it. Hey, I I'm didn't saying mind it's my him. favorite I movie him. of the year
1: and then I'm saying a bunch of negative things. But I liked him, but I didn't think he was the strongest, but I liked I thought he
0: seemed really faggy.
1: Well, I liked when he came in because he was the first sort of sexy person that wasn't like a... – I was like geeked out, and I was, and I was like Ivy League sweatshirted, gapped those twins,
0: out. Those twins weren't enough for you? Oh, my God. They were hot,
1: but they were sort of very – Waspy, but I and love I like a little. Line I like he goes. Little... I'm
0: six five two 225, and there's two of me. Yeah, that is such a good yeah. fucking
1: line. So many good lines in it. I just voted for the WGA awards, and I voted for that, um, because it's it's good. I, like I really it.
0: want to see the fighter too. I'm excited. Oh, the fighter's dynamite. Yeah, you might really like that, for that too. That was another favorite.
1: Speaking of movies, I finally saw a film classic on Thursday night, mm. The Godfather. Never seen it. Ever seen it? And there was. There's this thing called New York Times Film Club, and I guess they've been doing it in New York forever, and they're starting to do it out here, okay. and they had the first one. Outfest members got invited via email, and it was at a screening room, a big, beautiful theater on the Warner lot that I'd never been in, in mm-hmm. all of my little screening adventures. I didn't even know it was there, and there's like a museum there with all these costumes. It was super cool. And uh, they talked about the restoration, because they did a restoration for Blu-ray. Yeah. And Talia Shire, who was in the movie, and who was Francis Ford Coppola's sister, was there. And she looked great. She's got to be 60-something. She's his
0: sister? Yes. Wow. Because
1: Rocky was, like, this was 72, and she played a married woman in it, young. I couldn't figure out the uh, timing of it. But she was talking about how, when they were all talking about when Francis started turning in dailies. They were all afraid he was going to get fired the first two weeks. And the cinematographer wanted it to be really dark. Remember those first scenes? They're super dark. Sure. And the studio didn't know what to make of it. They were like, this is awful. Everything's super dark. And somehow they all stuck by their guns and um, they, you know, it ended up being the classic that it is. But the weird thing about it is because I had never seen it before, I kept thinking, oh, this reminds me of The Sopranos. Instead of, The Sopranos reminds me of The Godfather. You know, like, I have seen all the parodies. I've seen all of the Brando imitations. I've seen all of that before I actually saw the movie. So it was kind of a weird, like, the landscape of, like, family and moral ambiguity and doing bad things but keeping it going. Like, that terrain was Sopranos to me, you know? So, but I'll tell you who I loved is Al Pacino. In the early scenes when he's so young... He seems so young and innocent and fresh, and then he does this transition and that scene where he has to shoot those two guys in the restaurant. Amazing.
0: It's, I mean, it's it's an amazing film. So
1: I'm glad I got to see it in that way, and I'm going to keep an eye out for the New York uh, Times Film Club. It was great. Um, Let me check my Post-it. Oh, Johnny Weir was on Howard Stern, and I listened to it today. Okay. I love him now. He's so game on Howard Stern. He, yeah. a six, he said he had a seven-and-a-half-inch penis, by the way. So, But he was so fun and such a good sport, and he said that he told Howard that when he was a teenager going to training, his coach that drove him or the driver or whatever was a huge Stern fan. So he was listening to Stern like every day when he would go to train, and it was when he was starting to go through all his – puberty things and you know realizing he was gay and he said that the way howard talked about sex and the way he sort of laughed at everything took the edge off of him and made made him more comfortable with being who he was he said it really helped him deal with
0: that's awesome adolescence and yeah uh, i believe that
1: which i thought was really awesome and i i just liked him. now you're facebook friends with him i am and he's talking about his book. and We've had a number of
0: exchanges.
1: Well, um, somebody at the Village, we're doing the Mismatch Game next weekend, and somebody's like, Johnny Weir's going to be in town, and I don't see anything on his schedule that night. Invite him to Mismatch Game. So um, if, you, if you're Facebook buddies, maybe hit him up. I will, absolutely. Yeah. But I like him now more than ever, having listened to him on Stern. Yeah. With a seven-and-a-half-inch penis.
0: They're good for him.
1: Yeah, and totally unflappable. Like Howard was like, you know, talking about – Taking it up the butt and just and awesome.
0: what is what was he? I mean, what would, what did he say?
1: He said um, he remarked that men have nerves in there that that are meant to you know.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And,
1: and he's like, "Howard, you have them too." And he goes, "Oh, so if you, if we put something up there?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it right now." Like they really, yeah, <laughs> totally. And he talked about how skating is so frustrating because. You're at the whims of the judges, and you know they sort of made the argument that homophobia worked against Johnny Weir. In other words, his skating or what his artistry may have been over and above Evan, but because people were uncomfortable with his stuff, right. it might have hurt him. I mean, I didn't even watch yeah. the the finals or, or whatever, but uh, well, he does
0: a lot of really weird shit on the yeah. ice,
1: and which, um, you know, yeah,
0: you can say that's furthering the sport, and you can yeah. say I don't like it. I, yeah. You know, I want it to be traditionally this. I mean, you know that. Yeah, I get that.
1: But I, you know, I loved him on uh, Stern. Um, I want to talk about this phenomenon. Okay. And um, I was having lunch with my friend Jackie Clark, the very talented actress who uh, I worked with on Radio with a Twist. And yeah, she's a delight. She did a one-woman show called The New Ugly at Upright Citizens Brigade, and it's all sketches she wrote. And she was stu- she got a friend of hers named Gil. An actor friend from UCB to be in the show yes. with her, and I had never seen him, and he was younger, like in his 20s, and I just told her when I saw her, I said, I really love the show, and you're great, and you're, you know, your co-star, Gil, was really great, too, and he was kind of cute, and she's like, yeah, he's straight, and she goes, you know, what I'll, you know what's interesting about Gil? He has a secret amazing body. And I love that idea of a secret amazing body. Ugh. So you hate it. But I love. I'm so against it. <laughs> but you know those people that you don't know they have amazing bodies and then one day you just find out they do. Like, And you- you're
0: like, why am I finding this out now?
1: I kind of like that idea. Like, I needed to know that when we met. Yeah. But you so owe me that. Do you, do you think they should dress differently? Yeah. Yeah. Serve it up a little more. Go Don't, off. Go the why sleeves. Why are you
0: fucking hiding your light under a bushel? I
1: kind of like it, or I just like the idea of saying, like, stop making me like you for other things. Like you, that's so much easier. Like you pointed out that the guy that was Ugly Betty's ugly boyfriend, Betty. Christopher Gorham, I think, he totally has a secret amazing body because like, he totally plays the nurse, the glasses yeah. for months, and then like May sweeps off comes the shirt. Oh, like, and your life.
0: damn, to you in real life. <laughs> Yeah. Never done that once. You really think he yeah. shows it all oh, the time? For... How do you think he got the role? Well, I don't know. I of think... course that's how he got the role, and they were like, this will be great. We're going to nerd him up, and then we'll do the big reveal. Yeah.
1: I could see that, but I could also see it. For I... sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he went in there with, like, an Under Armour shirt on or anything. but um, And the Matthew Morrison there... had was kind of a secret Amazing Body. No, he wasn't. Until, well.
0: No. People knew, but
1: you didn't think. No it's not he, he does not the point. shirtless Yes, and... but on glee, he didn't need to have an amazing body to play that character so um...
0: no, but you need to have a body like that to get a job right. on television, yeah even as the ugly janitor that no one ever is going to ever sleep with.: Yeah, because just in case we ever want him shirtless.: Right. those girls always got to be bone skinny, right, just for in case.
1: But I also like the idea in real life of people that have secret amazing bodies.
0: Well, I, I don't just like it. the term. I, I don't think mind the it on television. Fun. On television, yeah. I understand that you can't just yeah. be distracted by this world of, yeah. you know, only the right. most attractive. People 0. have 5%. to wear clothes occasionally. Yes. But in real life, it's like, well, a perfect example of that is Steve, who's one of the producers on our show. Mm. He has a not at all secret hot body. Right. The first time you meet him, he's this gorgeous black guy. With a British with a accent, rocking fucking body, right? And everyone would describe him as the sexy black guy with the great body. Yeah, but he doesn't dress to super talented and, and countless other and he ways. He just wears
1: normal clothes. He doesn't like wear super I know, tight but things. He
0: wears fitted clothes. It's
1: like he knows what he's doing. Well, he's not wearing bushels and like gunny sacks <laughs> or whatever.
0: Right. He likes a nice yeah fitted polo. Yeah. Which and we all like him in it. Right. I, you know. So, and I thought it was so funny when he came he back. He kind from of Christmas. has a secret amazing. It's body. not secret.
1: Maybe it's secret in the way that we don't get to see it all the time. Like, you've not seen it until the pictures from Trinidad came he out. And come, then you're like, Trinidad there over the it holidays is.
0: And everyone was like freaking out about it. I was like, yeah, I've known he had that under there this whole time. Yeah. Are you people asleep with the wheel? Yeah.
1: But that's Don't knowing you imagine what all the are. Knowing your coworkers it's there and like? seeing the pictures are two different things. Oh,
0: I haven't seen the pictures yet. And yeah. I'm sure that they'll They're very send nice. me into a tailspin. But haven't you thought about, I mean, our staff, the little Raquel?
1: Yeah, she's so gorgeous. She looks like Heidi Klum.
0: Naked? I bet she looks yeah. great. Yeah. She's We've hot. got a lot of just cute, haughty, you know, yeah. sexy young things. You it's know what true. they are? They're PYTs i want to love you um yeah so So i I think i hate secret amazing bodies
1: i like the idea of it i think it's a funny joke and i think like who else stanley tucci was kind of a secret amazing body for a while and then we realized oh shit
0: but i think he's also a secret total asshole yeah which you know
1: yeah i love the idea of secret amazing Bodies.
0: i'm dating a guy who is the opposite of a secret amazing body
1: meaning he wears really tight things but he doesn't have a great body
0: no, meaning that we met on Grindr. Right. And – As you do. He sent me all these pictures of him naked and, and like, here's old modeling pictures and, like, sexy, sexy, sexy out of the gate. Right. And then – but we meet to go and have, like, dinner, right. which I'm assuming is going to be followed by sex because it's Grinder, Right. And then suddenly he's super coy and he's the one that says – I don't give it up that easy. We've talked about this. Yeah, he's a genie in a bottle. He's a coy faggot. And now I literally – I don't even like him anymore. Like the coy thing doesn't work after you sent me a picture of your cock. Yeah. That – you don't get to be coy now. Right. You don't get to play hard to get when you – that you were using as bait. Right. Like it's just it's dis- it's fucking makes me angry. It, that's now what if does. It makes if me angry. there weren't
1: pictures, if pictures had not been exchanged and you hadn't no, and he hadn't done that and he course. was saying I'm not quite ready yet.
0: I have met people on Grinder okay that were like, This is I'm not it. looking for a hookup. I wanna make I wanna make wanna a date. Pit. And it's yeah, like, yeah. of course, great. Right,
1: okay. But like But it's the mixed message bullshit. Yeah. And it's all right.
0: again, you know. And so it's like, Ugh It's yeah. the LA bullshit. But so I've got all these pictures of him with, like, this insane body that he doesn't have at the current moment, by the way. I can tell. Yeah. You can just tell. They were spring, and not, spring break 2007. Right. I'm not right. saying, like, now he's really let himself go and he's fat. But, like, it's – so, A, there's an element of false advertising. Right. Um. But it's, like, it's that dumb – and I've made it very clear because he's kind of been, like, yeah, I don't really look exactly like those pictures at the moment. And I'm, like – that's so not a problem. Right. So I've made it very clear that it's not... So he's not doing that thing like, I need to get back down to my fight and weight before I get naked with this guy. Right. It, it, no, it's not that. It's not about me and him being afraid of me not being attracted to him. This is this weird power play thing... Right. ...that he's doing, and I fucking hate it. Yeah. End so, of story. have
1: you written him off yet, or is he... I have, I just haven't told him. Yeah, he doesn't know. Yeah. Um, I had a dating realization yesterday... Um, uh-huh. before the new year,
0: this ties into that,
1: uh, before the new year, I got a, a post on my Facebook page. Hey, Dennis. Um, the story you, makes me so, angry, are you dating yes. anyone? And I, the guy kind of looked familiar to me and he, it seemed like he knew me, but I didn't know for where I knew him or even if, if I knew him. And he wrote it on my wall, not even a message, like on my wall. And he was kind of cute in his picture. So I, I emailed him, sent him a message back saying, um, no, I'm, I'm single. Do you want to go on a date? Did
0: you also answer the post on the wall so no. that everyone knows? Did I
1: don't you think say, I did. say, no,
0: I'm, I'm available? I don't, th- I don't know if I did. I don't think I did. That you should do. Okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just said, you know, I'm not, yeah. I don't have a boyfriend. So if you want to, you know, do you want to go on a date sometime? I just fucking asked him and I didn't even know if he was asking. I don't know why he was doing that. And, um, he emailed me back and he said, yeah, let's connect after the holidays. And I'm like, great. So I get back from Did- New York, London, like January 2nd, mm-hmm. 2nd, 3rd. I hit him back on Facebook. Hey, I'm back. Do you want to get together? And I've heard nothing in two weeks. And it's well, kind of annoying. Halloween is a
0: holiday. What? Maybe after the holidays. Maybe he's yeah, – All of them. Maybe he means – Maybe a year from July.
1: Yeah. No, I just <laughs> – I'm just like, ugh, really? Like he put yeah. it on my fucking wall. Like No, you're a dick. You're yeah. a dick, dude. You're and a then, dick. And then – And so I'm like, ah, chalking that up. And then I had this thought of like I, I, I was like, should I write him off yet or give him another chance? And then I thought, well, I wouldn't do that. If it were reversed, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't right. leave it hanging. I'd be like, I'm busy or whatever, let's connect later or whatever. But I wouldn't just not say anything. And I thought, what if I applied that standard to the people I was trying to date or yeah, you'll you die know, alone. Yeah. I thought, what if I did what I would do? And mm-hmm. if they didn't live up to that, I'd be like, okay, sorry. Alone well, forever. And the thought of applying that standard, yeah, no, seemed like no. And I was telling that story to my friend Glenn today. He's like, "Oh no, you can't do that. Alone on the island. <laughs> alone
0: on the island. None of us yeah.
1: can say. Have fun oh. alone in your canoe. <laughs> None of us can say. I wouldn't. I won't accept behavior that I wouldn't do myself. None of us are willing to make that well, deal. We all know we're gonna have to fucking suck up some bullshit.
0: Yes. And that's a crying shame. Well, no, no. That's just the deal with if you're gonna deal with other human beings. Yeah. Then you're gonna have to accept things, you know, that you consider to be flaws in their character or whatever. Which really just, in just terms of just in terms of than,
1: consideration. I'm not talking about right.
0: You know, just in terms but of
1: consideration
0: I and manners. I do agree with this philosophy on the big things. Yeah. Someone that says, "Hey, let's go out after the holidays." Any jury yeah. would agree. Now the onus is on him. It's on this yeah. person's you know side of the t- of the net yeah to now fucking serve yeah. the ball ball right balls in their court okay bam I started a sports metaphor and that that's never right. ends well for me ever right
1: um but, so yeah. anyway i did that idea that i will apply that standard seemed um, no i'm for like ridiculous. that's how i feel about
0: that's how i feel about this guy yeah it's like you can't send me a picture of your dick yeah and then be like, I don't give it up on the and first day. And you would day. never do that. And now it's like, we've gone out four times, yeah. five times. Yeah. And it's like.
1: Do you bring your dick with you or is it back right, home when you're in computers? the shop? Yeah.
0: And I said to him, I was like, he goes, what do you want to do tonight? And I was like, I want to come to your place and I want to make out. Yeah. Like, so I've been very upfront about like, yeah. So don't, I don't want any couch potatoes being like, well, Tony, maybe he doesn't know how you feel. Maybe he yeah. doesn't. Like, no, no. I, every time we make plans, I'm like, and then we'll go back to your place. Yeah. Then you'll come home. Then you'll come to my place. Yeah. I want to get in, I want to get back in bed with you. I want to make yeah. out with you some more. Yeah. And that doesn't mean things have to go in holes or whatever. Like, you know, but it kind of does. Like, it, you know, I think... <laughs> it, we, it means they
1: could brush up against holes. At least. Yeah. But, but so. like,
0: this dumb thing of, like... I don't know. It's like, he's suddenly... It's the 50s. Except for... He fucking... Yeah, it's a good yeah. I
1: it's mixed messages. I don't yeah. approve. All right. Um, I want to talk about um a new thing I have to offer. It's sort of a new sponsor. Um the Dennis Hensley Five Pack is a DVD collection of my five short films, yes. and it's now available for purchase online, Couch Potatoes. So mm-hmm. you've been hearing me talk about some of these projects. If you want to take a look, you can get it for 1499 at filmbaby.com. So go to filmbaby.com. And search the Dennis Hensley five pack And you'll get Rubdown, um, Reunion, which I made before that Screening Party, which Tony Tripoli is in yeah. Evie Hero Shining Star, the very first uh, thing so I made hilarious. with Jack um, And Tony was there when Jack and yeah. I had our big little uh, That was weird
0: It was, but it's so, it's so, so funny, funny. Yeah. And you totally understand yeah. why Girls Will Be Girls exists Yeah Like that character really Really popped, that as was, it were Yeah
1: that's four. What was the other? One? Oh, Dip Shits, An animated and Dip short. Dipshits is
0: hilarious. With some very and funny boys and really voice kind of ahead of girls. its time. Well, really kind of called something. Before... No, because when we the time between
1: the time of recording it and finishing it was a long time, and it's about like Brittany and Lindsay and all those girls when they were freaking out. But I remember recording it and then having it take a long time to deal with the animation and right. stuff, and there was misunderstandings or whatever and i thought oh we recorded it and we're not going to make it happen before it's too late so it before one of them dies before one of them dies or it's over and bush is in it so it had to be done before the bush administration was over so anyway it It, all came together it's great It's it's super
0: funny and i do love the idea that all of hollywood's dumbest people are actually in cahoots yeah that it's just a great it's a genius idea
1: so go to filmbaby.com and search for the Dennis Hensley feedback do we have some emails yeah we listeners? have two
0: we, we got a lot of emails and we thank you so much for your emails you guys and I don't want to just read em- I love it w- look I love <laughs> to read your emails when they just gush and say how great we are Yeah. but we can't just read all of them on the air although maybe we will but yeah. I don't I just feel like that's so self serving. but God knows I print them out and go Dennis you gotta read this yeah. it's such a lovely compliment um, but there, there are two that I think are just hilarious, and I feel like all of the couch potatoes will love hearing them. And if not, then that's just tough shit. So this is from Joe and Rex. Wow. Uh, in uh, in Portland. So you remember I telling about Joan. Going to Portland, email, yeah. Send I'm off to Portland, wish yeah. me luck. Yeah. And I, just, I think that's hilarious that she still feels like she needs luck. Yeah. So, uh, hello, thanks for posting another fun show. I look forward to the weekly podcast. I'm glad, Dennis, that you did not do that guy in the bathroom.
1: Thank you. Nobody, if nobody sounded, that was there would have done it. He sounded I know pushy. I'm prudy, but nobody that was there yeah. would have done it.
0: Well, Joe thinks he sounded pushy and selfish, and that is just annoying. Thank you. The only good thing, at least— is at least if you're sitting down, they can't grab your wallet. So, you know. That's true. Just keep that in mind. That's true. Um, And then he goes on to say, I had the pleasure of seeing Joan play a sold-out crowd in Portland. Oh, the crowd so loved cool. her. The world's I, crossing. I love it. I don't think the Oregon symphony has ever gotten such an introduction as she gave them. It's a bit strange to have the symphony play before an act like hers, but it went over well. She got a standing ovation when she walked on stage and when she left. Um, she also had entrance and exit music. It was well worth every penny and a great night out. Hopefully, if she ever comes to Portland again, Tony will be the opening act. Love it. Yay, from your mouth to Joan's ear. So that's great. Yeah. And uh, then this one comes from Jeremy's iPhone. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying anyone's last names, so it's just we'll just call him Jeremy. And he says somewhere in France, the following conversation is taking place. Oh shit! French guy in tight shirt. (laughs) Oh shit! And so after we got in the bathroom, he refused to sit on the toilet and blow me. Friend of French guy in tight shirt. And you say he was an American? French guy in tight shirt. Yes, an American. Friend of French guy in tight shirt. Well, in America, they now refer to that kind of behavior as hope to he. <laughs> <laughs> I that's love great, it. Jeremy. That uh, is First excellent. of all,
1: that that's very – I like the reader's theater of yes. that. Yes. But I'll, that assumes that that guy had friends and he's cr- kind of creepy-deepy. He well, might not have a friend that he would have that kind of conversation fuck with. Fuck
0: buddy of guy in tight yeah, shirt. Yeah, or whatever. I, I'll do yeah. a rewrite.
1: Um, speaking of Europeans and films um, – my short film "Rubdown" got into the Torino Film Festival in Idi- Idi- Italy. Wow, idiot! It's the like, the only gay, yeah. the big gay film festival in Italy, and it's in like April, May. Like yeah. I'm looking at the dates, and I might be able to do that weekend thing again. I'm thinking about going.
0: Fuck yeah! Torino,
1: which is in the north near Switzerland, so you wouldn't even fly into Rome; you would fly yeah. into like France or whatever. That's I don't know. Amazing! I know I would do that. And um, I have one other thing I want to mention. Do you? Good. Are we good? Yeah. Okay. Monday night I went to a presentation put on by Michael Anthony who's my friend that produces the Village Variety Pack with me and uh hosts it and he's a really good friend of mine and he's working on this documentary and he did a an evening to raise money for it and to get people excited and maybe donate and the story behind it is he made an it's gets better video um And he used some weird computer program on his iMac where it was kind of animated and like kind of South Parky and charming. And, you know, it was really kind of um, scrappy, but really charming. And he told this story about how when he was like in junior high, he had a best friend. And I think his friend's name was Chad. Let's call him Chad. And he was best friends with Chad and he was in love with Chad. Mm. And one day he gave him a Reba McIntyre mixtape, karaoke tape or whatever basically proclaiming his love to him cuz okay. Michael was a big Reba fan. So the guy freaks out, it gets all over school, yeah. Michael's ostracized, that's yeah. the end of their friendship, it's over. And for the next 4 or 5 years his school life Fucking Reba. was rocked and and bad. Like yeah. he was like really shunned, uh, shunned. Well, by the time he was a senior, things had sort of turned around for him and he was second in his class and he'd gotten into creative stuff and he was he was doing much better and he remembers being at the graduation rehearsing his speech as second in his class and seeing this guy chad running laps around the football field and he found out that it was because um he chad if he was gonna Pass. he had to make up for his F and P E and he had to run X amount of laps by the time. Right. You know, so Chad had not been doing well in school, his life, you know, he was, they'd kind of gone in different directions. And after he saw that, it made Michael sad. And he wrote him a letter and said, you know, I just want you to know that I forgive you for what happened back then. And if you ever need a friend, you can call me. So that was the end of that story. And so Michael, when he tells his video, he talks about Chad And then he talks about how it gets better, and he was able to. He got ostracized in school, but look, he went to LA and he went to school, and he's doing these fun things, and he's creative, and he has a good life, and it gets better, right? And this is what happened to the sister, and this is what happened to the mother. And Chad married his perfect girlfriend, and they have a perfect life, you know, and that, you know, how when at the end of movies or whatever, Mm -hmm. and he sent it out. The it's gets better thing and it really got a lot of ground because it's really charming and it's unique and personal and the details are great and it's just it's really yeah moving and funny and sweet and so he got a lot of responses from it well he got a response a letter from a guy named Billy who grew up in his hometown who is right. currently there and the letter was quite long and quite articulate so we're I, high school I think basically saying thank you for posting that I really related to it it kind of gives me hope. I'm living here and I'm going through this and I don't feel like I can be myself and I feel like every day I get smaller and smaller and smaller and everyone around me would rather that be the case. Like, you yeah. know, it was a real... It wasn't suicidal, but it was really no, a guy in hesitation. pain, yeah. whatever. So Michael was, like, really inspired by that. Well, it all came with a bunch of mixed feelings because the video that he made was a lie. Chad didn't marry the perfect girlfriend and have the perfect life. When Michael, after Michael had graduated, he'd sent that letter to Chad saying, if you ever need a friend, while Michael was in at USC going to school and doing creative things and feeling really cool and good about himself. And his sister called him and said, Chad called for you and he wants you to call him back. And Michael thought, you know what? Fuck him. You know what? I'm not going to call him back. Right. I'm doing great. I'm in L.A. I'm, I've got it going on. I'm all this stuff. And nine days later, Chad killed himself. And so Michael made this video about this story that inspired all these people, including a kid that was in that same situation. And it, it was a lie. Not right. all of it, but that right. part was a big lie. And so what he's doing is he's going to make a documentary and tell that story and he's going back to his hometown and he's going to produce these events during anti-bullying week at his old high school and try to sort of bring that community together and tell this story about chad and find out you know what was yeah what he can about that and he said he's been haunted by this ever since you know could you imagine if somebody called and asked and, and you, sure, sure. you know, totally. And you were just too cool at that time to, right. to call him back, and that happened. And so he's not going back there to look for Billy, but he, you know, if Billy's there, he's going to see this going yeah, on in his community. Out. They can totally make out whatever it is. But um, I just thought, what a
0: wild story, you know? Well, what I love is it's an it gets better video, and also for the bully in the story, it got worse. Yeah, what, that kind of makes me feel good in my spiteful heart yeah um but no but like that's an amazing yeah that's that twist of like
1: yeah i love that you love my video i sort of sweetened sugar coated it i fudged the end for obvious reasons nobody begrudges in that yeah but um so i i went to this they're they're currently looking for funding and they're gonna go do all this stuff and michael you know, he makes shit happen. He's got a lot of energy and creativity, and so I, I made a little donation. I may go back and help out maybe when they do it, if I can get away or whatever. is really, but really isn't cool. That a, isn't that an interesting story? If you want to learn more about it or watch the video, if you just search on YouTube, Michael Anthony, it gets Michael better. Angel-
0: Michael Anthony lie video. Lie video. <laughs> uh, it gets better. Chad's yeah. dead video. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's – it's intense. but That's I, great. Yeah. I wonder
0: if he could get um, Billy to send him a picture of his dick.
1: Maybe he could, but don't. But Billy's not going to put out. God,
0: there's so much of that.
1: I know. There's a lot of that going on. High school on. hope to he. I cross off everything on my post. That is a great feeling. And that's a really feeling, good that means that feeling. We are at
0: the end of this week's yes. podcast. We love you for listening. We Thank want you you to very check much. about our sponsors Dr. Kiss, the world's greatest lip balm. Soon back in its original formula. Yes. At vanitymark.com. Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm telling you guys, I just, I could do it fucking tuppermonial. you could any time oh and the the black guy who sent me the picture of his dick and won't give it up that guy obsessed with dr kissed and all the girls in his office are obsessed with it what if you put it on your dick oh that's the
1: only way he could apply it it's